Blog Talk Radio. Keep doing your thing because you never know. I might be sitting at home with a chicken bone to see y'all on TV. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I know them, you know. Now. <laughs> Man, I am. 
I haven't had people hear from me like that in a long time. I appreciate that. <laughs> How you been, brother? Uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Um, when I first met you, I was listening to the music, of course, that drew me in. Right. But over the years, we have been friends for online friends, at least. I just, man, it's been about six, eight, sort of something yeah. like that, eight-ish. It's been a minute. It's been a while, man. It's, it's been, yeah, it's, we we working on a decade here. Yeah, because I, I I followed you on Facebook. You you have me rolling all the time. And and, and there's things that I like. You talk sports, which I like. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you talk about the church, which I like, of course, because I was raised in the church, too, with my dad being a right. preacher. And then you talk about grilling BBQ, and that's something else that I do and I like. So I was like, yeah. And he talked about eating. Yeah, I like eating, too. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that you do online and post about that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm interested in that, too. So, my brother, how have you been uh, since I've been uh, – you know, seeing you post and everything, how you been, been uh, these last few months with all this uh, pandemic and things uh, going on? I've been all right, man. I, I think, I, you know, I think the, you know, a lot of people don't understand my approach to social media, and I get that. I mean, uh, but I, I believe that, um, you know, growing up in the church, uh, the preacher was put on a pedestal as if he wasn't a human being. And when the preacher, uh, should the preacher or the leader have an issue, that destroys um, the people in the faith. And the issue is um, they never saw him as a human being. They saw him as just this, this deified object. And so my approach to right. social media is to show, show people that we're human. I'm a human being. Yeah, I have a call from God. I have a charge to feed his sheep and be a leader in his church. But um, don't forget and uh, don't overlook my humanity. And so, yeah, I will. I'll talk sports. I'll talk hobbies. I'll talk working out. I'll discuss my family i'll discuss the church i'll, I'll just discuss it. and then i yeah and I, and I have a sense of humor so i like to like to joke around or whatever but yeah I, I do that because i want people to see that although i have this call in my life i have this anointing on my life i have uh, i'm a human being i'm a man and uh, some of the same things you enjoy i enjoy as well um and so over the yeah. last few months man i think over the last few months i think i i think my humanity um has become more present than ever uh, about two months ago, I ended up in the hospital for five days uh, dealing with pneumonia. Um, had been walking around mm-hmm. with pneumonia since the, since the end of January. Didn't even know. Just thought it was asthma-related issues. And the end of that hospital bed for five days was almost a wake-up call um, concerning my humanity. Um, it was almost as God has said that you cannot forget to live because life is short. And so now that I'm healing and now that I'm starting to, you know, I'm on the road to recovery and um, I just gave myself some assurances. You know, I'm, I'm going to – I have to live. I have to live. I can't be so caught up in church work that I forget to live. So that's been it for the last few months, just readdressing and reassessing some things and, and uh, positioning myself and my family uh, to be able to live a little bit. And uh, explain the uh, Word of Life Fellowship Center. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember when you uh, were actually getting it constructed, I want to say I was—I I felt like I was there. I wasn't there, but I felt like I was there because I've seen you posting it. Explain right. that. As, as how we how we how we built. Yeah, how you built it and came about. Yeah. You had to come yeah. about with the idea first. I know you had to come yeah. with that. So I just yeah the process. Yeah, you know what? You've been you've been around. Uh, we've been we've we've been linked together for eight years, and we just celebrated nine years. So, uh, yeah, you've been here since the beginning, man. This actually started um, 2011. At the end of 2011, um, God had separated us from my previous assignment, and we were in like a holding pattern for about three or four months, almost a wilderness situation. And uh, God spoke that December and told us to start having Bible studies in our home. And we did. We started having Bible studies in our home, and I think we had five people, uh, how we started. And um, and we just, we literally were uh, uh, going through the book of Acts, and I think that's where the burden came from. It was like, okay, you know, we've, we've, we've done church, but I don't believe the church has done the function of the church. 
according to the book of Acts. So we started teaching the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost and working our way through how the church grew and it spread. And uh, about five weeks later, God spoke and said it was time to look for a building. We still had just the five people, and we started looking, and a couple kids, their children, and we started looking for buildings. And um, uh, God specifically said the city of Desert Hot Springs, and I specifically told him no. I did not want to be here, and I tried to look everywhere else. And everywhere else that I went, the buildings were closed in my face. Um, so I got frustrated, and, and we started discussing a name for the church. And uh, I think I said the word church, and I think my wife added of life. And I, and I believe that's how it came about, word of, word of life. And from that point forward, man, uh, we, we launched in our city's community center. Uh, we were sharing the building with four other churches. Um, we had a time slot that started at 1230, and it was one of those situations where you had to bring in your equipment, your drums, your all that kind of stuff, and you had to tear it down every Sunday. And we did that, and then right. nine years later, eight, seven years later, seven years later, we were graced to be in a position to to uh, to purchase a brand-new property. Uh, the, the property was two years old, and uh, by faith, we stepped out there, man, and, and um, God did the rest, and we closed escrow. Actually, funny thing is today, today is the two-year anniversary of the day we closed escrow on the property we're in now, but it was a, it was a seven year uh, journey of moving from place to place, looking for a place to rent and worship at it, all that. And now we finally have a home. So that's it, man. That's, that's been the, that's been the process. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I think it's been longer than eight years, bro. Cause I remember before that, I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, we might be on 10 years. Cause I think it was before 2011. So it's been a minute. Wow, and, wow. And wow. let me, yeah, it's been a minute because I remember, I was like, I, I was there before all that. Um, I want to play, I want to play uh, one of your songs because I got four of them and I want to get them in within this hour. All right. I'm going to start off with God oh. has smiled on me. Explain it before I play it. You know how we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. That um, uh, A friend of mine, he's uh He's dealing with some health issues right now. Uh, friend Jody Daniels, he's a producer, bass player, musician extraordinaire out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and uh, he he built this track, and we were talking about old church services and old church songs. And he said, Chef, I need you to hear this. And he sent it to me. It just happened to be one of my mother's favorite songs growing up in church. So I said, okay, let's record it. And it's, it's nothing but a throwback to a time where church music, gospel music was simple. Uh, wasn't overly complicated. There was a meaning behind the songs, and there was a, a heart a heart attachment to the song. So, um, in everything that I do, I, I try to try to give a flashback to the old days because that's our foundation. So that's that's where the song came from.
Yo, explain um, what instrument you were playing on that one. Uh, soprano sax and uh, soprano saxophone. Um, I play uh, every saxophone except for the baritone. So I have, I think, six, maybe five or six at the house. Uh, but that was my little soprano. I think um, Kenny G has kind of uh, celebritized that one. So if you think of Kenny G in the straight gold saxophone, that's what that one looks like. And I wanted to be noted that Jody Daniels, the producer of the track, he's playing every other instrument. The man plays them all. So that's him on bass, him on keys, and him on lead guitar, and drums as well. That was nice. Uh, Jazzed up version. Oh, God, it smiled on me. I, I like that. Um, I've seen a question on Facebook that you put on there. Uh, what was your first instrument if you played in, and do you still yeah. play it? Uh, what, what was your first instrument? Man, I started playing bongos in the church because I wanted to be a drummer. Um, I was seven, and uh, we had a drummer at the church. He was, he was uh, a few years older than me, um, and there was no room for two drummers. So uh, they got me some bongos so I could at least sit next to the drummer and help make rhythm. And then, um, and then I eventually moved over to the drums. And I found out that I wasn't coordinated enough to uh, <laughs> to do four things at one time: uh, left hand, right hand, right foot, left foot, all that kind of stuff. And uh, right, I'll never forget. It was the fourth grade. The fourth grade, um, there was a thing that came out where the school was starting the choir and the chorale or whatever they called it. And the only way you can get out of the chorale is if you played an instrument. And I didn't want to sing because I thought it was corny at the time. And uh, I said, "Well, I'm going to get in band." And um, it just worked out. Uh, you know, saxophones were rare. It was very rare that a fourth grader could end up with a saxophone. But somehow I ended up with one, and, and that's where it started. And, and the love affair started then, and it's, 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 that's the history of it. Now, you also play a couple more instruments, don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I, can play, uh, I can play all the woodwinds. I can play sax, flute, clarinet. Um, I can play all oboe. I can play those. Um, play trumpet a little bit until my head starts to hurt. That's a lot of uh, a lot of tight lip pressure that, that brings a, um, a little headache. But trumpet and tuba, and uh, I can um, I can play. If I can find the key, I can play the song. Uh, keys. Uh, this last month, I'm back to playing keys and organ at the church on Sunday mornings. Um, I stress so that I'm right. not an organ. Huh? But that's what I was getting ready to say because. I remember one time you was FaceTiming, and you was playing, and I asked yeah. you to walk the dog, and you went all the way down the line and came back. I was like, yo. <laughs> and most most yeah, people I, don't yeah. know what walk the dog is. <laughs> I, 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 grew, I grew up in a family of musicians, and so um, I stress that I'm not an organ player, but I, I can, you know, I can hear music. And um, it's definitely a gift that God has granted because I can't read music. I don't know any theory, but if I hear it, I can play it back. Uh, multiple instruments. So right. um, lately, just invested more time in the, in the learning chord structures and all that kind of stuff to be more effective um, in worship because I, I want to make sure that if I'm on the organ that I'm doing the best I can to honor God on Sunday mornings. Right. So what what got you? Is that what got you interested in actually branching out and doing some jazz? What what got you into that? You know, man, I've always, I've always had an affection for for jazz music. I, you know, early on, man, uh, as a kid, um, I don't even know how I got introduced to Cannonball Adderley, um, but I did. And then from there, uh, Charlie Parker, and then from there, John Coltrane, and then Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. I mean, these are like some of the favorites that I have. And then uh, I had an uncle that introduced me to the horn players of the '70s, the Maceo Parkers, and the and the uh, he played right. James Brown and, you know, and, and uh, Stanley yeah. Turrentine. And, you know, I started listening to those guys. And then I got into, you know, the 80s, late 80s, and I got hooked on Kirk Whalum and Gerald Albright. Um, you know, and to me, right. to me, they're the very legends now. I mean, I just, and what, what stood out to me was with both of them, but especially Kirk Whalum, no matter, it could be, and there's a, there's a DVD called Montreal, it's the Montreal something, Casino Lights 99 at the Montreal Jazz Expo. There's six other horn players on the stage. They're all playing, but you can hear Kirk Whalen's voice, right? You can close your eyes and just know that's him. And that stood out to me. And I said, that has to be amazing because he's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He's a preacher by all accounts. Um, but he's on stage, and he's playing a jazz concert. 
And when I saw that he did the work with Whitney Houston and the Bodyguard soundtrack, and I saw the testimony behind it, we all know Whitney as the, as the singer with the drug addiction. Um, but Kurt told a different story about how they were in South Africa getting ready to get on stage, and he opened them up in prayer, and they felt the power of the Holy Spirit backstage. And that just really helped me understand that, you know, this passion for jazz that I have and smooth jazz, I can still do it and still let the light of Christ shine. And so um, that was early before that there was a struggle because I came up in the strict church where you couldn't play the blues and all that kind of stuff. Right, so I got right. Watching these artists um, go forth both on a, on a gospel stage and on a jazz stage and still, um, still be anointed, man. I said, okay, I can do this. And so my first album, was a jazz album. It was a tribute to, I opened with a tribute to uh, my church roots with Precious Lord, and that was a full, smooth jazz album, all original songs, with the exception of one that I played for my mother. Um, and it was just it was just a thing to show the body of Christ, hey, it's okay to love jazz, right? It's okay to like good music. So that's where, it, that's how it started. I know uh, my mother was the same way, my father was the same way. You cannot listen to no no blues song, <laughs> or, or especially right. on Sunday now. And that's right. one one time my guy popped in again because I said, "Well, it's really a happy song," and that was it. <laughs> Got popped in the head. Boy, turn that thing down. So all oh, I I understand what you said. I ain't heard somebody call it the blues in a long time. <laughs> you you know exactly where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the song Revolution of Smooth. Yeah. I want to explain that. Um, okay, so so you know you've been around long enough, man, in the music industry and the music game to know that smooth jazz for the longest time was uh, was matched up and considered to be elevator music, right? Um, where right. you're at Nordstrom's, a place in Kenny G, and people call it smooth jazz, right? Um, this album, that first album we did back in 2011, I believe. Yes, it was, it was 10 years ago, right? Uh, we just celebrated 10 years. Man, that first album, we said we want to take smooth jazz and actually funk it out a little bit and give us something to groove, through, groove to. My whole concept for that album was to say, okay, I'm in the backyard, I'm at the park grilling, and I want to party, right? <laughs> I want to I have a good time. So that song we called Revolution of Smooth because we said we're going to approach it uh, from an aspect that we're going to revolutionize what smooth jazz is supposed to sound like. Um, it doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be soft and subtle. It can have a bass line. I think we put some 808s in it. You know, uh, for those that don't know what 808s are, that's that's a that's a bass uh, sound, and um, mm-hmm. we made it to where people. Can. So, um, and it's funny how it's 10 years old, but it's still. It's still relevant, man. I, I still I listen to it at least once a week. Uh, this is Revolution of Smooth with Keith Eon Shepherd. We call him K yes, Shepherd around here. That's his rap name. Uh, here we go. <laughs>
Hey, this is smooth jazz and chill out composer producer Mike Murray. You can find my music on all major online outlets like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and more. Also, check out my better half, the beautiful and multi-talented Ona B on our Love Language CD. We hope you'll follow us and share on all social media starting on our website, www.mikemurraymusic.com and www.theonab.com. We appreciate your support and we thank you. You're listening to Taz on Blog Talk Radio. A-T-A-Z-P, Rock Talk Radio, live, with your host, T-A-Z, and in the house, K-Shep, Chief on Shepherd, Doctor, Doctor. Hey, now, that's a new title for me. Explain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that journey, man. I, I was like, Doctor, when I went to your page, I said, Doctor, oh, I didn't know that. I got to bow down. <laughs> Since we last talked, man, it's been a, it's been a few changes, man. Since we last got together, uh, man, I um, got my doctorate. I want to say uh, three years ago. Um, yeah, about three years ago. Okay. Uh, the last time we talked, I was in a master's degree program, and I wasn't sure that I was going to continue. Um, I got my I, I earned my master's in divinity, and um, I, I never forget when I walked the stage, God said, "You're not done." And so I went back to that next fall, and um, the next two years, I earned my doctorate in ministry. Um, that was one of the hardest things, uh, just because the dissertation, um, you know, 150-some-odd pages uh, of research was um, was tough. But by the grace of God, that was completed. And then uh, two years later, two years later in July, I was consecrated as a bishop, um, July of 2019. So, yeah, we haven't talked in about four or five years. So, yeah, there's been a lot that's changed. Yeah, because I've seen that also. I was like, yeah. well, if you're going to be a doctor, you better be a bishop. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to myself. <laughs> and that's the next step. Yeah, so I was Only like, you. yeah, okay. <laughs> but, man, Only hey, you. I grew up in the church, so I know. <laughs> the yeah. progression, yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I want. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I. I want to put you on the spot. I. I want you to just do a commercial for you, your church, and where people can contact you online. And All once right. you're done, I'll hit the clap, and we know that's it. And so you, you know, you're talking to, you know, your brother Taz, T A Z. That's okay. all you got to end it with, I'm- and then I hit the clap. So. Say something, you know, give the information about your church and just do a commercial. I'm going to record it later on. All right. Man, I, I, I'm i ready. I got you. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Grace and peace, people. This is Dr. Keithion Shepard coming to you live with my good friend, my boy, my partner, Taz. Listen, I want to encourage you to uh, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, Word of Life Fellowship Center in the Hot Springs. Also, there's my personal pages, uh, Keithion Shepherd or Dr. Keithion Shepherd. All on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're pretty much all over social media. Follow us for encouragement. Follow us for music. Follow us for fellowship. Follow us just to connect with people that are positive and love the Lord. Listen, you all be blessed, and I can't wait till we connect again. It's very rare people get two hand claps on the show. <laughs> very yeah, rare. Like uh, we, me and my nephew. Me and my nephew played football on the radio. That's what. You know what? That, now that I'm thinking about it, when we play basketball on the radio, you might need to be his opponent. But uh, we played football on the radio with cards, right? And he played against one of his boys. And every time he scored a touchdown, he was like, where are my people at? And I had to, <laughs> you know, hit his people because <laughs> he was the home yeah, team. <laughs> that's the people. Ah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to yeah, gotta get you on there, man. I'm thinking it's going to be in about two or three months. But we, we play football okay. over the radio and have some fun, boy. Man, I, uh, man, I, that, that sounds Let's do it. Now, this is the... This is the portion of the show where we talk barbecuing <laughs> uh, because I done synced, and that's with a T, that's E-E-N-T. I done synced some of the <laughs> some of the meat that you took off the grill, brother, when you, yes, were, selling, you were selling some uh, barbecue plates, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. We did that. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't this, want to know this, your procedure uh, or what you do. Look, man, I, I tell everybody it's an art, but the art is the art is also therapy, right? It's like it's like um, you know, I always I uh, and we'll talk about it on my next seg on the next segment if you want. But the 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 book I just finished, the book I just published, it talks about pastors needing to have a hobby, right? Have something to pour themselves into, um, because life and ministry right. can get so taxing, right? Ministry, family. I mean, you came up in the church, you know. Um, trying to juggle ministry, family, health, and finances, and all that kind of stuff. If you don't have an outlet, if you don't have a hobby to pour yourself into, you go crazy. And so, um, when my wife and I we first got married in 2004, um, I started grilling. I just started, you know, I started. I don't know where it came from. I just started grilling, and we hope we opened the house and whoever wanted to come eat, man, just come on by and eat. I literally, so I remember one time we had like 60 some odd people in the house, the garage, the front yard, just eat as much as you want. But then as time went on, I started uh, really uh, developing, um, you know, my methods, right? And so um, it became a hobby. It became a, a challenge, right? And so uh, my process, man, it's 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 uh, it's it's like I have a I have a meat warehouse that I go to get most of my meat from, and then I get it home, and you know, you I wash it and get all that stuff, cut the fat off of it. And then I have a dry rub. Uh, that I put together um, in a bowl, man, and it starts with uh, it starts with paprika and chili powder, and I'll leave it right there because I don't want to buy stealing what I do, right? But it's about nine other uh, right, 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 and uh, you know, um, blend it up real good, man, and and literally, um, I think the difference between me and other people, um, I I over season, uh, especially the ribs, and people, you know, that look at the production pictures like, oh, that's too much gyrop. No, I know, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Right, so so I oversee oh, the yeah. ribs, man, and then once it's on the smoker, I'll do a, um, yeah, you know, if it's if it's a regular two or three slabs of ribs, man, they, they'll smoke for four to three to four hours, and in that three to four hour mm-hmm. period, man, I'll, I'll swap out the wood from the chamber um, between mesquite and applewood, and uh, and I do that, I do that to offset the taste a little bit, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, professional flavors all flavors <laughs> all the way in the bone, man. And that's why that's why I do it. And, yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with mine too because we used to I don't know if you you knew, but uh when I lived in Atlanta for nine years straight we did a house party. And okay. I cooked about uh seventeen dishes. But I had okay. the people that come bring a dish too. So we had forever flooding food. Off in the house. I wow. mean, every. I mean, we had food all over the place, <laughs> and everybody bought their best dish because they knew I wasn't playing on mine. You know what I'm saying? So it was more like yeah, a taste man. of Taz, almost like a taste of Taz. So that's what we did. Man, I, I'm telling you, man. I think, you know, I, I you know, I, and I can't, I can't cook to save my life. So don't get it twisted. Like I'm not going to the kitchen. So that's my wife's stove and all that. I'll tear stuff up. But out there on those grills, man, that's my paradise. That's my kitchen, man. And, uh, yeah, okay. it's just, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a passion. It's a hot myself into. But I, I do it, too, and I cook, too. So, I mean, but when you're creative, I think, and you've got a passion for something, you can be creative in it and be really good. So I'm creative, so, therefore, and then I like to eat pretty good, and I like to taste pretty You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and then if people come to the house, they, they're they overwhelmed going, man, that is really good. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and if you came over and visit me, you'll be through. You'll be sitting there going, man, you ain't no joke on this. Yeah, it's, it's an art to it. It's an art and technique to grilling and actually getting it right. 
Because I ate some bad ribs, which helped me right. to get my ribs straight. <laughs> you eat a, a batch of bad ribs, you'll be all right when it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm creative, I'm creative, but I'm careful, and I know my limitations. The last time I was in the kitchen, I tried to make my daughter pancakes uh, for breakfast, and they came out like hash brown. So I know good and well, I, I have no business in there. Uh, the next song Since, yes, since we talking ribs uh, Mr. Magic It, yeah. it plays right into it Yeah man that, Explain man, that That, uh, that uh, you, know, you know that came about on Facebook 10 years ago um, Jody and Michael Lloyd Jody's the one who produced uh, uh, The one I told you uh, Got a smile on me and we were on Facebook, right. and we had never, we don't know each other, never met each other, um, but we had a mutual friend. And then she tagged us all on one particular post, and we met each other that way. And, um, you know, it just came up, oh, you play sax? Oh, you play keys? Oh, you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Jody says, man, I have this track. I've been trying to get Mr. Magic done. Um, you know, and I, I didn't mention Grover Washington Jr. earlier, and I should have. But he said, and I said, he said, I, I, he said, I want to send it to you, see what you, see what you can do, see what you like. I said, all right, cool, send it over. Man, that track was done uh, um, in three locations across the country. One, one, it started in Cleveland, it got sent to the desert, and then it got sent to L.A. for keys, and then he mastered it. So uh, we didn't have to leave our homes. We just did it all within. I think we did it that next day within an hour and a half, man. But that's because we're all Grover Washington fans. We all know Mr. Magic well. And when you're working with guys who know their craft, it just makes it so much easier. And and technology is wonderful. Yes, sir. Even better yeah, when you I, can do it from your comforts of your home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As long as you, I mean, with me, it I have is. a simple setup. I'm not that technologically advanced, but yeah, it's it's, it's great. This is Mr. Magic. Mr. Magic. Let's, let's go.
that track, man. Uh, uh, I want you to talk about the book. Yeah, because uh, yeah, let me, I I, I yeah, might need yeah. to cop the book myself. Please talk about it, man. I'll get, I'll get you a copy tomorrow. I'll put it in the mail. Just let me let me do this part. Get into the book. That was Michael Lloyd on keys, and I always I always like to let people know who's playing his instruments, and that's uh, Jody Daniels on uh, bass and and, uh, and lead guitar. So, Mr. Magic, uh, rest on, Mr. Grover Washington. We honor you, sir. Um, the book, the book, the book, man. Um, it was a it's been a journey for nine years. Um, and as a young pastor, I said, we planted this ministry. I was 34. And uh, my wife, Tristina, and our daughter, Kayla, we planted this ministry from our home. Um, and, you know, they sacrificed a lot. They sacrificed a lot. You know, um, my daughter, uh, you know, I was always, I made sure I was there, you know, for all her recent, I mean, I, did volunteer duty at her school every week and, uh, you know, for recess and made sure I was home every night at 5 or 6 o'clock. But they sacrificed a lot in terms of sharing, you know, their dad and their husband. Um, and so I'm grateful for them. And I know they're listening now. So I love you two girls, the ladies. Uh, they're ladies now because Kayla is just as tall as your mom at 11 years old. But when I planted the, when we planted the church, man, there wasn't much in terms of wisdom. Um, there isn't a there isn't a book like uh, you know pastors for dummies or whatever. <laughs> There's nothing like that. And the older pastors um, really really don't put their arms around you, you know, to kind of encourage you and to build you and to tell you what to look out for and grow you. You have growth conferences, but they don't really speak to your demographic, your location, your region where you are. And so you end up you know building by trial and error, um, you know, making a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, becoming territorial, uh, you know, um, you know, living off applause of people as opposed to approval from God and looking for validation in all the wrong places, all these kind of things. And so the right. Lord laid on my heart last year to write this book to encourage uh, new pastors, young pastors, but also people in the ministry um, to know what your pastor has to deal with. Because a lot of people think that it's just um, glitz and glamour, get up and preach and make people shout and dance and smile and go home. They don't understand the struggle behind the pulpit. Um, you coming from the church, you understand what happens behind the scenes, but a lot of people don't. And I think a lot yeah. of people kind of have the perception of pastors and who we are and what it is that we do and deal with. So that's why the book was written. Um, the book uh, details uh, involving the community with the church, because uh, what good is this gospel if we don't leave the four walls? Um, the book involves uh, finding balance. Uh, one of the most profound things that was ever told to me was that um, you can build the church and lose your marriage and family at the same time because your ministry, your first ministry is at home. So the book deals with that. The book deals with, uh, you know, um, balance in terms of your health and your individual um, uh, goals and ambitions. Uh, and, it, it's, and it's not, I, I don't want to say it's a how-to. It's more so these are my experiences, learn from my mistakes type of thing. Um, and the beautiful thing about it is it's going outside the church and into the marketplace. We now have small business owners that are reaching out saying thank you for your words on building and vision and all that kind of stuff because they've been stuck in a rut um, as, as it pertains to building their businesses. So um, that's it, man. It was just it was just one of those things where I had to lock in and be transparent for a minute in an effort to encourage some people. Yeah, hey, you know, I'm proud of you, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The last we ain't talked in a minute, uh, yeah. you're a doctor. You're a bishop. You wrote a book. Man, you done grooved up. And I'm proud of you, though. Man. And, and, and it's a good thing because ministers and people that's in your position need to hear from somebody that's in their position on what's going yeah. on behind the scenes and how to deal that's with it. Yeah, that was yeah. That's a much... That's a much-needed book for a lot of pastors I know. Man, I think, you know, and I'm, like I said, I'm going to get a copy to you. For those that want to order it, you can go uh, to my website, keepyonshepherd.com, um, uh, K-E-P-H-Y-A-N as in Nancy, dot S-H-E. I'm sorry, not dot, keepyonshepherd.com. So K-E-P-H-Y-A-N-S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. Dot com and you can fill out the contact form. We'll we'll get your address and uh, send it out to you. Um, uh, you know, for a, a signed copy. If you want to, don't want a signed copy, you can get it on Amazon. It's called Dear Pastor, uh, Dr. Keith Shepherd. Uh, but 
the whole goal was to try and get this information into the hands of as many pastors as possible to let them know that you don't have to, you're not alone. Um, we all feel that pain. We all feel that frustration. And sometimes people, pastors, leaders, can't put it into words. And I'm hoping this book will encourage them to help them seek out ways um, to actually express themselves and, and deal with the hurt and the trauma that we deal with. Uh, we always think church hurt is a one-sided thing where the members are hurt by the church. Well, sometimes the leaders are hurt by the people as well. And so um, right. this, book helps deal both, this book helps deal with both sides of that. Uh, spell your name again slow for the people in the back yeah. that I know that didn't get yeah. it. For the folks in the back, it's uh, K-E. P is in Peter, H-Y-A-N is in Nancy. And then Shepherd, S-H-E, two P's. A-R-D um, dot com. That's, that's the website. Man, uh, also, uh, tell, tell the people your uh, social media and anywhere else they can hit you up. Also, get the music, okay. too. Uh, you know, um, I, I've kept, we've kind of kept everything streamlined, okay? We don't, we don't like complications. So my name is Keithion Shepard. If you go to iTunes or Google Play, um, you can type in Keithion Shepard. All the albums will come out. I have a podcast uh, where I do like 15 minutes of inspiration uh, every week. Those will all come up on both iTunes and um, and uh, Google Google Play. Um, if you go to my website, they'll have you, it'll give you links to all that kind of stuff. All of those. Um, Facebook, it's my name. Um, there's Keithion Shepherd, and then there's a Doctor Keithion Shepherd page as well. Twitter, uh, same thing. My name. Instagram, my name. Even TikTok now, it's just my name, Keithion Shepherd. And I can tell you that. Um, we opened this interview by saying that I believe that, that preachers need to show that we're human. So um, if you get on one of my pages, you follow, and uh, you, you uh, subscribe, whatever they call it, you'll get some word. You'll get some inspiration. Um, you'll see pictures of my family. Um, my wife and daughter, they're all over my Facebook page. You'll see some music. You'll see uh, some comedy. You'll see some barbecue. And uh, during football season and then basketball season, you'll see me go toe-to-toe with any and everybody. Uh, you know, because I'm a Giants and Lakers fan. But then even recently, um, I've had to speak out on certain issues. I've been led to speak out on certain issues that are plaguing our nation. So you'll see some of that as well. Um, you know, just hop on in. Let's have some fun. Um, one, uh, one day, i got to put you in contact with my my little brother in D.C., who's okay. a minister as well. And uh, he's got his own podcast he's been doing. Um, okay. Yeah, y'all, you might need to be on this show. And when you're on this show, I just roll through and say hello, because he does the show during the same time I do my show on Thursday night. But yeah, I got to put you okay. in contact with him because I think you, you guys will connect real well. Um, let's, let's do- I want to say thank you, man, because you like uh, a brother I never had. I don't, I don't have any brothers, so. And I and I and I love what you're doing, and like I said, we've never met, but it felt like I've been knowing you for years, which I have. <laughs> well, look, man. Now, now that now that things are starting to slow down with COVID a little bit, remember I told you one of the things that uh, the Lord told me in the hospital room was I need to get out of that bed and live a little bit. So uh, don't be surprised, man, if you get a message that hey, man, we had it out your way. <laughs> we just want to get out and see some. Yeah, because I. I'm in I'm in Texas now. I ain't in Atlanta no more. I'm in Texas now. So I'm a little closer. Even, even better. Right there in Irving. So yeah. Come through, dog. Even. Don't worry. You go you go eat right. Go watch T V right. Cause we got yeah. got all kind of TVs in here. All kind of screen yeah. TVs in there. So you'll be all right. <laughs> and and what part of Texas are you in? I'm in Irving. In Irving. Okay. So yeah, you close. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Dallas. Right, right outside of Dallas. I there. Yeah, we'll we'll connect, man. I I I told a friend of mine when we come out there, he wants me to he wants me to sit in and play at this jazz club somewhere out there in Dallas. And I said, yeah, I, said, I right. can do it. I'll, I'm starting to build my wind again to be able to play more. So I told him when I'm ready, I'll let you know. And we come out there, man. I'll give you a heads up. Say, hey, we'll be out there this weekend or uh, this week, whenever we're coming. Yeah. I'm bringing. I'm bringing a bringing my family a saxophone and an appetite. So let's do it. Yeah, let's do it for real. And uh, then I try to put you in contact with a couple of jazz artists I know down here in uh, 
in Dallas as okay. well that I'm friends with. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll do that. All right, man. Looking Again, I want to thank you for... I want to thank you for being on the show. You're on my 500th podcast on Blog Talk. Wow. 500. Which I, I didn't know until I was started looking at the numbers the other day. This is the 500th show. Crazy. Guys. Um, <laughs> the, the song I want to end with is Upward Bound. Explain yes. that, and I also I see uh, I see you, uh, Tressa, on the line. Thank you for calling in. Uh, explain upward bound. Yeah, man, upward bound was um, uh, was, was was it's the craziest song I've ever played, man. When I we finished that song, we did this song with one take, and when we finished, I thought my saxophone was gonna fall apart. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. But it was written as a constant reminder, man, that um, that God doesn't give you a, God doesn't move you backwards, and if He does, it's only to propel you upward, right? And so um, it's 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 just a constant reminder, man. Always be looking upward, looking at, looking uh, looking to improve and build yourself and be better in Him. And before you play that song, I know you're gonna uh, in the interview. I just want to give a shout out to the greatest church this side of heaven. It's Word of Life Fellowship Center. I love y'all. And, uh, um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook as well, Word of Life Fellowship Center, DHS. But upward bound, keep looking upward, keep looking forward. There's nothing behind us, man. We just got to keep pressing for the mark. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
It's on you, Cat. All right, man. I just want to say thank you very much for having me. I'm headed to rehearsal to rehearsal right now to get on this organ and keys, but guys, got to give a shout out to what we call hashtag Team Shepherd. My wife, Christina, daughter, Kayla, the rider dies. I'll be home in about an hour. All right, man. Love everybody. Can't wait till we all connect.